Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Uh, well, hello everybody and welcome along to our continuing coverage of the 2015 Chile United Sports Car Championship back in the 1950s. A very far-sighted group of individuals came together at a sleepy little Wisconsin town and decided that motor racing might be a good idea to put the town on the map. The town was Elkhart Lake and after three very successful road races, Road racing was sadly banned in the United States and they had to look elsewhere. Where they looked was a 525-acre plot just a little ways away from the town and uh, it was a... It was the start then of Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin's love affair with Road America, which is where we are for this weekend's event. The green flag is out and we are ready to go for our first practice session uh, the countdown clock is already ticking down from an hour and unfortunately I've got to tell you it's very very wet out there Greg Kramer is alongside me and Jeremy Shaw if he's got any sense is nowhere near the pit lane but I've got a feeling that he might be out there on the pit, pit pack at the moment Jeremy out there? Oh, no clearly not uh, so, Greg, uh, this is endurance again, isn't it? We're, as we were at Watkins Glen a little while, not sure what the guys are going to learn from this, but the spray hanging heavily in the air. One or two drivers out there without lights on at the moment, which I think Race Control will be talking to them about relatively uh, quickly because it is clearly a visibility issue out there. And with the weather forecast set fair, for the rest of the weekend, so we are told, uh, we might be doing a bit of filling here. Well, there was actually a little bit of a change in that that I just heard, that there is now the possibility of some uh, some rain on Sunday. They don't know when. It would be later in the day, but of course the race is later in the day. So that might be one of the reasons we're seeing a few more takers here uh, out in this session. We have this session and one more at, I believe, 415 this afternoon are the two sessions on track. Tomorrow, with the final practices and then qualifying, is supposed to be sunny and beautiful. Uh, and originally, I mean, as of yesterday evening, it was supposed to be the same on Sunday. But they may be you know, looking at something and seeing a little bit different potential for Sunday. So maybe that has some of these guys deciding we better go out and just get a couple of laps in just to have some sort of familiarity. Well, and if nothing else, you get maybe to scrub in a, a set of rain tires for whichever manufacturer that you are on this uh, weekend. The 007 Aston Martin, one of the early takers, the bright blue machine out there this morning or this afternoon as it is because it's just turned uh, midday. And we have got 33 entries this weekend. The 007 Aston Martin is the TRG Airbar car. Christina Nelson and Kuno Whitmer uh, for the uh, E10-powered car. And as ever, the GT Daytonas making up the uh, biggest of the categories. Corvette with the rebuilt number three car this weekend. Jan Magnussen's accident at Le Mans has uh, not consigned that chassis to a show car. Uh, they are back with that car. It was refettled over a number of weeks with the guys at Corvette Racing. They've done a cracking job, and it's out early doors, Greg. And there are still only three of those GT Le Mans Corvettes and Labra Competitions car. If it's not on its way back, it will be shortly to... Jacques Leconte and the guys for their next run out at the Nürburgring but what a sterling job that these guys have done to get that car after such a big hit at Le Mans in uh, 
on Thursday evening to get this car back up the circuit, looking absolutely pristine, as you would expect. Corvette Racing and Pratt Miller, <clears throat> excuse me, in particular, um, just absolutely a company that you can rely Jeremy. on. They just do an amazing job, and they have done exactly that. And I'm sure, as you said, Jack LeConte and the Larber team, delighted to have their machine back in the fold and ready to go. But you know, it just tells you about how good these cars are, the repeatability of these cars, that uh, the Larber car comes over, fills in for a couple of races, Missed absolutely nothing in terms of pace. Uh, just as good as the two cars that Corvette Racing runs here. And uh, just a, a great job. And I was going to make a you know, mention here that we were watching that beautiful blue and sounding 007 yep. Aston Martin. Uh, Kuno Whitmer at the helm right now, who's been signed now for the remainder of the season uh, to partner Christina Nielsen. James Davison had uh, started the season off. But that third-place finish at the most recent race at Lime Rock Park has Christina in second in the GTD points and not that far back of the points leaders at this stage. Big loose <laughs> moment there by the number three. And not even uh, at the uh, apex of turn 12, but there's a little sort of not counted even, little bend to the right mm. that sets you up for turn 13, the Billy Mitchell turn. And just that little sort of ease to the right at the back end of that number three Corvette stepping out and uh, heading right into the pits. They go at this Haven't stage. even gone across the line. Yeah. And the uh, BMW Motorsport number 24 car following them in. Bad enough for the GT cars. Can't even imagine what it's like for the prototypes at the front of the field. Difficult to see, Greg, but uh, is am I are my eyes deceiving me? Or is there some new... Uh, road surface on the uh, the run to the final corner from where the Billy Mitchell Bridge used to be. Because I was watching some of the old stuff uh, on YouTube and on the IMSA.com uh, recently, and it, I, I, I seem to remember that that uh, that bit of tarmac was uh, a little different to what I just saw when uh, when the three Corvette went round. I think you're right. I haven't heard anything you know, definitive on that, but it certainly looks as if they've been doing a bit of work to that part of the track. Uh, at IMSA Radio, of course, if you want to get in touch with us on the social media side of things, we'd be happy to accept your questions because we may not have a lot of action to talk about. Michael Shank racing with another new colour scheme and that brilliant aero... <laughs> paint film uh, it's not right to call it a wrap it's not right to call it vinyl because it isn't it is actually paint you can polish it you can repaint it you can touch it up it is a very very thin paint film and it's it's nice to have a sponsor that generates that so you can have these new looks every time it confounds us of course yes of course guys stick with one please <laughs> actually we know that the one that we don't know is almost always Michael Shank racing of course the one that we don't recognise it's tippy toe out there at the moment as you can hear from the engine note on the 22, Alex Job WeatherTech Porsche going through the carousel now. Actually, that constant throttle and changing up through the exit of the carousel. Just trying to find out where the puddles are. Very gentle throttle application and a big lift down one gear towards the kink. You don't want to just understay off, off there. It was interesting when uh, Kuna Whitmer went through the carousel earlier. Uh, he ran a much wider line than what we're seeing from the number 22 car uh, right now, the Alex Joe Porsche. And that is the rain line around mm. the kink. Uh, excuse me, around the, uh, the carousel. It is one of the spookiest rain lines you can possibly <laughs> drive because normally through that carousel, you take some comfort in the fact that you're relatively close to the inside of that corner and you've got room to slide. The rain line, the really fast line around there, gives you maybe three feet, a meter of tarmac from your outside tires to off the track, but that's the stick. And uh, it just takes an immense amount of discipline to say, all right, well, I'm going to force myself over there and see what happens. And the number 22 Alex Jokar also just had a twitch in that no-name right-hander uh, after turn 12. And it's just a little faint to the right, essentially, that then sets you up for turn 13. And that car was pretty crossed up there, too. Jeremy Shaw got the short straw today 
He's out in the weather. Jeremy, good afternoon. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I tell you what, yeah, I was lucky at Watkins Glen. Thanks so much to uh, Shea Adam and Greg uh, Kramer there, so I'm getting my share of it now. It's uh, miserable down here, quite frankly. Uh, it's such a shame. Glad <laughs> <laughs> you're up. We've got another wicket. But, uh, <laughs> there but, you yeah, go. Th- this, I, I just saw uh, uh, Timmy Keane who is the team manager for the Delta Wing. That car will not be out in this session. He said, we've been here plenty of times before. Well, he has at least. Uh, and so has the car. It knows its way around in the wet, so he can't see the point in uh, risking damaging the car in this session. That's at the Michael Sack racing pit at the moment. The car's just come in. Uh, uh, Ozzy Negri just done a couple of laps. John Pugh is here uh, in the dry. And uh, maybe we can have a quick, quick chat with John here. John's... Uh, John Pugh, you, you're pulling rank this afternoon, John, and sending him out in horrible conditions, huh? Yeah, it's pretty horrible, but we we got to go out because you never know on the race. Yeah, I mean, the, the weather forecast I saw for the weekend was was quite nice. There was sort of a, a fairly small chance of rain for today, and then really yeah. none on Sunday, but I guess that's changing, is it? Yeah, it's changing every minute. And it's the Midwest near the Great Lakes. I mean, you, you never know what's going to happen with the weather here. But I've actually never raced here in the rain. So this is new place. I've raced here a lot, but never in the rain. So this will be a new experience. Wow. I mean, you, you, you'd be dri- I think you'd be driving really well this season, John. You seem to really gel with this car. Uh, and uh, you, you've had some really, really good first stints. Uh, some very good results, but not yet that first win of the season. No, uh, we're knocking on the door for that. Thank you very much, by the way. But we're, we're knocking on the door for that first win. It could happen here. It may happen at the next place. We don't know yet. What's all he saying? He's just done a couple of laps now, has he? Yeah, he just did a, an install lap. He's just checking things out. We're not going to try to take too much risk here in the rain. Just feel it out and see how it works. Very good, John. That's John Pugh here. Shares the uh, number 60 car as we were talking about that uh, brand-new paint scheme. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, the car's looking good if a little soggy. Just making a few changes to the car. And uh, Mike is communicating along with uh, Dale Weiss, the race engineer. And I think Ozzy will be going out again fairly shortly. Thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy Shaw doing uh, sterling work already out in the pretty horrid weather conditions that we have here. It is full rain. There's no choice for... (laughs) It... I remember a race here a few years ago, which I think was meant to be a four-hour race. It got stopped in the middle of it when it was almost as dark as night. And it's very similar at the moment, conditions. Uh, And in fact, there's parts of the track, Greg, that you have worked as a marshal and worked on flagging, where visibility between marshal's posts uh, is going to become an issue if this uh, doesn't brighten up, or the wind perhaps doesn't get up, because it is quite still at the moment. Well, and you get a couple of things that create the problem. Whoa, very close for the performance tech car. He held on to it through the kink, so I got lucky there. But one, you just have, uh, you know, if you have a fog or the like here, obviously, that light, you know, you know sight lines uh, between corner marshal posts, if you can't see from one post to the next, you can't run. Uh, it's just out of safety. But here there are parts, we talked about it earlier, uh, the run from about what they call Station 4 where you pick the trees up on the run uh, through hurry downs down into Turn 5 and certainly from the kink all the way to Canada Corner where there's a lot of tree overhang, the spray can hang in the air to the point that the marshals can't see that next post. It gets right. that thick out there and uh, you know when it darkens up like it is here, that becomes a huge issue, you're right. Michael Shank racing car with... Osnegri in a blue and white colour scheme this weekend. Just going underneath the Corvette Bridge and heading down the quite tricky downhill braking at the the bottom of the hill before you turn left-handed underneath the Speedville Bridge, which takes you, if you're here at the circuit, towards the Briggs and Stratton Motorplex, the excellent kart circuit here. Underneath that is the little short chute that takes you onto the carousel and being right on the outside of that corner is absolutely bizarre watching the cars go through there there is a gravel trap right to the edge of the track now it's been there for a few years at the end of the lap the 54 prototype challenge car just comes around the final corner and heads up the hill for the end of a lap we've only seen the 85 go through in PC so far, Mikhail Goikberg, and there is Colin Brown in the 54, goes through with a 240, this is not representative in terms of 
of lap times. Let's uh, uh, and we've got a red flag. Uh, I was just about to tell you that, uh, in fact, Michael Koigberg has gone off, and that is what has brought the red flag out. And I think that is just after the Corvette. No, it's, it's not. Turn six. It's turn six. six. Yeah. yeah. It tricky, is, yeah, just after the Corvette bridge. The dry, yeah. diabolical in the wet. Yeah, there's a little bit more runoff tarmac there. Uh, let's take this opportunity to go down to our Continental Tire Pit Lane reporter this weekend, who's Jeremy Shaw. With the uh, race winners in P3, the overall race winners from two weeks ago, with Michael Gouache, uh, Tom Kimbersmith is in the number 52 Cutwood E-Sig liquid car at the moment. Uh, Mike, first of all, congratulations on that win uh, two weeks ago. And not only just the, the, the regular PC win, but an overall win as well. Cool. Yeah, thank you very much. That was uh, quite exciting for us to get the overall. We got a lot of extra TV time for our sponsors for Cutwood. So and it, was, it was a fantastic weekend for us. And we got a, a little bit closer up on the points. We're only three points out of the lead right now. So we're hoping this weekend we can uh, make that jump. Yeah, very good. And uh, it was a great atmosphere, wasn't it, uh, there at Lime Rock as well? And uh, great to get back, to get the series back to uh, rural Connecticut. Wonderful little racetrack. I mean, it's a tight little place, but it's a fun place to go race, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's a lot of fun, and I, it, was, it was great fun for us because it wasn't too crowded, so we had a lot of room to move, and then it just became a logistical you know, knife, knife fight, really, is what it was all about. Did we, did we, there were some teams testing here on Tuesday. Were you amongst those uh, teams here? Yes, we were. We got some dry time, thank God. Um, so we did some testing on Tuesday. It was, it was good. We think we've got a nice good jump start on the weekend. Now that it's raining, depending on what's going to happen Sunday, we might have an advantage. That would be nice. Yeah, indeed. And uh, Tom's uh, just done a couple of laps now, but he, he doesn't uh, doesn't fancy his chances out there. You were just telling me. No, he's just it's a bit risky out there right now. I don't know if it's worth anything to try to continue on. We're going to make some changes, go out for a few more laps, but uh, there's no no reason to risk the car or any damage. Obviously, we got a full course yellow, so something happened already. And there you go. That's an example of how risky it really is right now. Yeah, thanks very much, Mike. And hopefully uh, we'll get dried up. I don't know. What's the weather forecast lately? You know, it's, it's moving around. I hope it's going to be dry. But whatever it is, it is. It's, we're all, it's all the same for everyone. I'll drink to that, guys. <laughs> you may be able to do that out there, Jeremy, uh, with the amount of water that's falling. There was a decent drop of rain overnight uh, at Elkhart Lake, which is, what, two, three miles away uh, down the road. Mikhail Gogberg is... Uh, uh, being recovered and indeed he's back underway now as he heads down to the bottom of the hill and turn number eight the left-hander uh, before the carousel just wiggling left and right I don't think we're going to blame anybody for dropping it today in these conditions Greg because uh, they are pretty treacherous out there and interesting to hear the team saying that the weather forecast is changing all the time so they feel they do have to get out there well and that's it uh, you know every weekend you know you come to even if you've been at this track before, if there's the potential of rain, you've got to go out because the surface will change. It's just, you know, you've got one, you've got Wisconsin winters, and you've got uh, other, you know, this is a busy circuit, and things just change a little bit, so you need to go out and at least try and find a little bit of a handle on things. And for Goikberg, while you were, uh, we were listening to Jeremy when he was talking with Mike Gouache, uh, happened to catch what happened to him on a replay. And as you come up into turn six, you go under the bridge, mm. and uh, it's not exactly flat when you go up and under the bridge. So it doesn't get as much rain as other parts of the track, but it uh, y you get a little bit that just wanders down. And he came into it, and you could see he thought he was going to have a little bit more grip, and suddenly it just skated just that instance, and he just couldn't get it turned and just did a half spin and backed uh, the rear tires into the gravel. So uh, out, making sure the gravel was out of the car, doing a nice job, and Goikberg will come around and I'm sure bring that right into the pits for a quick inspection as Colin Brown is the first of the cars to go back out. Yeah, Colin's got his dad who's been uh, loaned across from Mazda to Court Autosports. I think for the rest of the season, I believe, uh, is the the answer to that. As the the 70 car, actually, the 70 car, the uh, Mazda prototype with the gasoline engine, I believe, was uh, running around. The car was running around. I believe it is the one with the gasoline engine was running around uh, with impunity on uh, Tuesday and putting in some very decent times and sounding very excellent indeed, as did the Ford GT. Multimatic were here. Billy Johnson and Scott Maxwell doing the testing duties for that car, which looks very well developed 
in terms of the workload that they were going to. That was nowhere near a shakedown. Lapping in mid two or fours, uh, which is not bad. I, I would probably say they weren't trying that hard. They certainly weren't over-revving the engine. It seemed to be short shifts. Uh, the car looked very, very stable indeed. Very aerodynamically dependent, that Ford GT. Yet to see the streetcar, of course, of that and how closely that will resemble it. There are a certain amount of uh, modifications you can make from the streetcar, but Ford will have to build 100 before that car is homologated. Uh, Ford are classed as a major manufacturer, of course, so they'll have to build 100 to allow that car to race before it uh, goes out in FIA and WEC competition, uh, at least. And uh, Well, it looks like it would be fast sitting still, so I'll, I'll I can only imagine moving. That car must be just beautiful. Greg, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, I mean, it was painted in the red, white, and blue colours that you've seen of the launch cars. If it had been painted in dark grey, you wouldn't see it. <laughs> it's so close to the ground. I mean, it is unbelievable. And it's because of that and because of the design, it looks very long. Uh, the diffuser out the back is uh, pretty immense as well. In fact, you and I could probably stand under that today and not get wet. The It just looks long, like a long streak. Uh, it almost looks like a record-breaking car, like a speed record-breaking car, because mm -hmm. it is just so flat very very futuristic uh, it could well have come out of a you know a, a sci-fi movie and I love it very very futuristic based on a concept that won Le Mans in 66 1966 it was running with the 66 <laughs> number on it as well how I noticed. cool is that no, yeah is. Uh, which I think is the number that they've asked for for the FIA WEC for next year uh, for one of the cars and for the Le Mans entry uh, we await to see if they will be invited to Le Mans, of course. That's the I, thing. I mean, I'm they sure want to they will back, be. But I'm sure they will I mean, how would they not? Of course, if they, um, if they enter the FIA WEC with two cars, which is what we're expecting, they'll get two entries. Whether they'll get the other two entries remains to be seen. I think they may get one more uh, of the entries. Let's uh, go back down to Jeremy as the sprays just hanging in the air on the start finish straight he's got michael valiente with him yeah it's amazing how, the, how different the weather is now for just a couple of hours ago <laughs> shouldn't be surprised as, as uh, my gosh is saying we're in uh, great lakes country here just uh, off lake michigan yeah with michael valiente from uh, from the uh, west coast of canada michael uh, richard westbrook is at the wheel number 90 car right now what's the plan for this session for you guys um as by the way just fire, richard westbrook just fires up the engine i should add well, right now it's just a matter of uh, doing an uh, install on the car. And what that means is just making sure everything works properly. Since the car was taken apart and checked over and rebuilt since the last race, um, there's so much water coming down, standing water. We just want to make sure that uh, we don't damage the car uh, beyond repair because, you know, it is a long weekend. So right now just making sure everything uh, works and there's a system check. Yeah, not, there's not really much to learn in these conditions, is there really? No, I mean, Sunday looks like there'll be rain, but uh, when it gets this wet, you know, it's and there's standing water, if you hit that puddle, there's really nothing you can do, um, and it's quite treacherous. So um, you can see a lot of cars have decided not to go out or are sitting in the pits waiting for the rain to stop. Yeah, it's a tricky track because there are several locations, aren't there, around this track. I mean, number one, it's super fast, but there are several locations where you know, we get rivers across the track or even some standing water in a few locations as well, particularly down underneath the trees. Yeah, exactly, and uh, you don't really know them until you go out and start driving around the track, and when it's like this, it's difficult to see them, so it's quite easy to get caught out, even with trash control and all the modern technology the cars have. Yeah, okay, Michael, thanks. Uh, stay dry. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Stay dry. Good effort, if you can. Jeremy Shaw on Continental Tires. Wet is our Continental Tire pit lane reporter <laughs> at the moment. He's wrapping them round his body at the moment. Even as we speak, trying to keep dry. It is very damp out there at the moment. The rain is absolutely coming straight down. Barely a breath of wind. We look across the start-finish line from our broadcast booth here at Road America. And from the IMSA radio booth, I can see one or two flags just blowing around a bit. But what's interesting to me is just how little breeze there actually is and how that rain that I can see contrasting on the very green trees opposite from us behind the paddock is just coming straight down. And this looks like it's in for a wee while. It does. Just had a look at uh, my favourite app, 
<laughs> in terms of weather, and it's called dark sky, and it's usually about as accurate as you can get, and it's basically saying that we're in for light rain, rain like this for the next hour, and potentially light rain all the way through uh, mid-evening. So uh, if that's the case, the good news is it might rain itself out a little bit sooner, so uh, we'll hope that's the case, but uh, it kind of indicates that most of the afternoon stuff might be unfolding in the wet. Remember, that does include another Tudor practice, and it does include Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge qualifying. So uh, you're going to be want to be uh, tuning back into IMSA Radio and RadioLamont.com for those sessions. Uh, always exciting, but in the damp, could be even more so. And uh, we have, by my reckoning, only one outright prototype car. We'll make that two because Oz Negri was out sooner. Now Scott Pruitt is out in the 0-1 car. Down to Jeremy Shaw, who's got Tommy Milner with him. At uh, Corvette Racing with Tommy Milner. And, Tommy, uh, uh, you've done a couple of laps already, so you can tell us exactly how much fun it is out there right now. Ah, it's so much fun. I'm sitting here in pit lane watching everybody else have fun. Uh, it's, it's wet for sure. I think, you know, this is where sort of race conditions that you'd have more people having, having issues pushing harder and, and sort of close to safety car for sure, if not red flag. I mean, there's, there's rivers and spots, and watching these guys right now, you can see there's a lot of places where they're, they're uh, pushing the limits pretty hard where you kind of you know, don't expect to see cars getting sideways. So uh, first practice, it's not, not worth it for us right now to sort of push the issue, so we're enjoying ourselves in pit lane. Yeah, uh, how is this car? I mean, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of uh, technology on these cars, obviously. Which, which does it make it easier from your perspective behind the wheel? In these conditions, no. <laughs> As it is right now, I mean, we have the best best rain tires in the world with Michelin's, and it's just too much water right now, um, just to be safe. I mean, we can go out there and run around and, and do laps, and and um, but it doesn't doesn't gain us anything for the weekend. So. Uh, we're pretty comfortable with our cars in the wet. We've done enough enough racing and testing now in the wet that there's there's always something something to be learned in the wet, but there's not a lot to be learned right now. So um, just being a bit safe with with uh, with our cars and and again no sense in being out there and you know on, on the off chance something goes wrong you get caught up in somebody else else's mistake. It just makes sense right now just kind of wait it out a bit and see if it dries up some. Uh, if it does, then we'll get back on the cars real quick and, and do some laps. Yeah, very good. I mean, you've, we've already had a wet race this season at Watkins Glen. You had an opportunity there, did you not, to try out the uh, relatively new Michelin slick to medium or whatever you want to call it. It's a, a slick compound, a slick tread, yeah. but a very soft compound. That was an option to us there. Uh, we tried it, uh, I think, just briefly in the race, actually. Um, I know some of the other our competitors have more time on it. Uh, if it were just sprinkling, I think we'd try it now, but uh, it's not just sprinkling, it's downpouring. I think we need, uh, it's almost conditions for, I uh, just watched a video of, of a guy on a motorcycle surfing a wave, and it's about those conditions now, so. Yeah, I think it's, it's not a lot of fun out there. I tell you, I can just see Spy um, uh, Ron Fellows over here. Let me just run around the other side of the, of the tent here. He's hiding underneath the awning as well. Uh, but uh, Ron Fellows, always great to see you here, veteran of Corvettes, and... Would you want to be out there now in these sort of conditions? Maybe a little earlier. Now it's pretty heavy. It puddles up, and that's no fun. Uh, but, yeah, you know, the, I think we were just talking about that a few minutes ago. Um, the last time I was here in the wet was a Trans Am race, and that was, I don't know, 50 years ago? I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, no. You know what? It's always uh, – it's always, this, this is such a great track, and in any conditions, it would be fun to be out there. <laughs> There's Ron Fellows, always a racing driver, right? Yeah. Good to see Ron uh, back again at the race circuit. Had a good chat with him at Canadian Time Motorsport Park, of course, which uh, he has been such a integral part of that uh, reorganisation and renaissance of that circuit over the last few years. But still very much also a part of the Corvette team and uh, the I noticed that uh, among drivers who've been reconfirmed Ollie Gavin has re-upped for Corvette Racing and has been made a Corvette European Ambassador he's 
bright white C7 arrived at Yardley Hastings a couple of weekends ago. I don't think it stopped raining since he got it, so he hasn't really <laughs> been able to use all of its power. Darren Turner, uh, who was uh, uh, fairly certain Ford were trying to nick away from uh, Aston Martin Racing, along with his long-time teammate Stefan Munker. He's re-signed for three years with Aston Martin Racing. That news coming through. And Jimmy Bruni, who Porsche tried to nip away for their development of their new mid-engine car, we believe. And still uh, waiting to hear whether Porsche will be back in the FIA World Endurance Championship in the GT category next year. No threat for their uh, IMSA programme here at uh, Tudor that running alongside uh, Core Motorsports they uh, have I've been told categorically that that will happen next year but the question mark is over the, the works team in the World Championship and whether they have resources to do that while they're developing their new Hyper GT to go up against the Ford so lots of uh, movement on the driver market. So you think we're seeing a sea change here in, in GTE slash GT do. Le Mans level racing? Yeah, yep. I do. I do. And I think it's akin to, and you remember this, the mid to late 90s, Greg, when the GT, we had a GT car won Le Mans in 1998. That was the, the Porsche, the, the 911 uh, that was the GT1 car in those days, up against prototypes. It's not going to happen that's not going to happen but I do think that what we will see is the GTE cars becoming more like GT prototypes very much like the Ford in fact is you know effectively that's a GT prototype isn't it it's, it's yep. the road car um, is going to be built once the, the race car has been optimised um, you've got other manufacturers who are here with GT uh, Le Mans cars who aren't building any for sale you know, they're, they're, you know, there's there's three Corvettes out there. There's Aston Martin and Ferrari doing things a little bit differently. Porsche um, not really releasing the GTE cars uh, out for privateer consumption. Indeed, I know certainly one team who asked if they could buy one and were politely told no uh, and to wait, uh, maybe think about a GT3 car, which I believe has actually happened. The... So we are, as the 007 has a very quick spin, Kuno Whitmer caught out. And that, I think, is at the back of the pits. Is he doing a shortcut from five there? That's what I'm wondering. It almost looked like he may have been, had already gone through the tires and was yeah. doing a snap turn yeah. to try and get out. Let's it was indeed coming down towards five. The single wiper lazily on the left-hand side. Got on the red and yellow curbs. Just as he started to break for five, goes off and miraculously misses all the tyres wow. by about six inches. <laughs> Kuno, put some lottery tickets on this weekend, my friend, because if you've had that much luck today, you'll be doing good tomorrow on the weekend. Well, and that just points out, one, obviously painted curbs are diabolical yeah. in the wet, but the other side of it is, and you talked about turn eight, but turn five, turn three, you have a lot of corners at this track coming from fairly high speeds with downhill yeah, braking zones awful. where you completely lose any help from Mother Nature and gravity. Yeah, absolutely right. Just to finish the thought about yeah. the, the GT Le Mans GTE debate and anybody who's out there listening in on 454 or on the PA, you, uh, you are doing sterling work yourselves out there at the moment, yeah. proper endurance. I know there was quite a few people at Canada Corner earlier on, one of the very favourite places to look. I, I think we are, Greg, I think what we're looking to is a movement from the manufacturers, and let's be honest, it's the manufacturers who keep us racing with, for the most part, their financial support and activation money. Um, there's a movement towards cars at the front of the field that look more like street cars. Now, in the American Le Mans, in the American series, with the Le Mans uh, GT cars, I th I think that will end up being the new prototypes here in IMSA in the Tudor United Sports Car Championship, with the option to put the new bodywork on. Bentley, for example, very interested in winning races outright here, not so interested in racing GT3 cars, want to win races outright. However, for the FIA and for Le Mans, the current set of hybrid prototypes are technologically massively advanced and fantastic, but to be able to tell 
the story to sell cars from them is relatively dif difficult. Now, how do you have been able to do that? It helps to have Vosbrung Dirk Technique, forward through technology as your tagline, um, and Toyota and uh, uh, Porsche in particular, uh, Nissan now as well, have stories to tell. They've made it work. But other manufacturers, notably McLaren, uh, Ferrari, one or two others, um, possibly Ford as well, would like the prototypes at the front of the field to look more like street cars. So the era of the GTP, the era of the GT1 prototype-esque GT cars, I think, is if it's not here, uh, then it's it's not too far away. And Jeremy has just whispered in my ear, go on, say that again. Or the Zach Speed Mustangs, or the yes, Probes exactly. as, as well. Yeah, yeah, they, were, exactly. they were fun. Um, and I, I do well, think and, there's and an opportunity to go that way. Hendrick Corbett. Yeah, and you exactly. mentioned McLaren. Well, that McLaren sports car, that era when we had this lean SR7. I mean, you know, that's kind of like where we're headed back again, you know. Is, you know with S7R, the, the Selene yeah. S7R is a perfect yeah, uh, sorry, example. Yep. Uh, example to that, it was it was co-developed as a street car and a road car at the, straight t at the same time we were doing um, type approval and crash testing for that when I was working at RML at the same time as we were finishing the race car. Um, it was an interesting project to be to be working on. Jeremy, down in the pit lane, who have you got? Yeah, I'm at Scuderia Corsa. Huh? No activity here at all. We've got Bill Sleeper <laughs> and Townsend Bell sitting here up on the timing stand. And uh, Townsend, uh, not much to be learned from conditions like this, particularly in the first session. Oh, it's, it's interesting to sit here and watch, uh, you know, look at the line. There's some new paved sections, as you know, around here. So um, imagine we'll be out in the second session, but it's fun to uh, watch and learn here. Yeah, and uh, you, you guys don't have had an awful lot of luck this season, but you're still in the championship mix, aren't you? Yeah, fourth in points, and uh, it was tough for us at Lime Rock there. We had that kind of bizarre situation on the restart, lost the door, and then went several laps down. Um, but, yeah, we're very much in the hunt, four races to go, and, uh, you know, anything can happen, it seems like, this year in GTD, and we'll hope for some dry weather, though, on Sunday. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I'm sure... Uh, feels the same. We run around to the other side here and maybe catch a word with uh, with Bill. Uh, are you hoping for uh, wet or dry on Sunday, Bill? Does, well, frankly, with the uh, the rear wing that we have, I think we would prefer dry, but um, uh, we'll take what comes as usual. Yeah, the, the Ferrari's still running the sort of the with well, Ferrari spec ring rather than the. Uh, DP ring that most of the other teams are running in GTD, and certainly that would that would give those other cars a, a good bit more downforce. So, which is what you need in these conditions, Bill. Yeah, it's not most all; it's every other car except us. So, um, it would be a distinct disadvantage in the rain to not have that DP rear wing. So, yeah. and um, a track you enjoy. I mean, everybody enjoys here racing at Road America, but it is really treacherous around here in these sort of conditions. Yeah, Road America is, uh, frankly, one of the special tracks that's left here in the U.S., um, you know, four-plus miles. It's amazing. Um, frankly, you know, I, I kind of call it the Le Mans of North America with the speeds that you reach here. But, uh, you know, you got to take whatever conditions you get and uh, just deal with it. Yeah, that's a bit for cats. And you'll probably go out in the next session if, it's wet, if it stays wet for the, the second session later. You'll probably go out, if it stays wet, you'll go out later on this afternoon? Uh, for sure, for sure. Good, yeah, so that's here, the uh, number 64 Ferrari team, 63 Ferrari team, and uh, right now they're just uh, sitting here watching and learning. Yes, I'm probably having a good cup of coffee <laughs> as well, which is very sensible. Just coming into the top of the rise, the Road America circuit has a number of signature turns. We talked about the kink, but we've, you know, let's not forget that long front straight here, Greg, with a very steep run up to it. And when it rains heavily here, you do get water running down that hill, which, believe it or not, can compromise your grip going up the hill. You can get rear wheel spin going up the hill if the, if the water's coming down. Well, you get, it's like little waves, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Those little waves, they're more mass to those than just the water standing on the track and gets under the tire, and you can suddenly get that slight hydroplane and spin the tires up a little bit. And you head into, and it's a corner that, that uh, you know doesn't get the same notoriety as the kink and the carousel mm. and those but turn one is a absolute gut check corner it is deceivingly quick yes it is and the first time you come up into it you go oh slow down and then you drive through it and you realize huh? oh lots more to be had there and uh, you just have to work your way up to it it's a great corner uh, and you know turn six is one of the challenging ones seven 
is that right-hander that falls down into eight. It's off camber, mm. and it is really fast. Yep. And uh, you generally come out of six, short shift, up a gear, so you're not shifting. See, it isn't such a big deal now with the paddle shifts uh, to not be shifting mid-corner and just carry that speed Still down. Still don't want to unsettle the car in the exactly. middle of the corner. In the, yep. And the other thing about paddle shifting, particularly in GT cars, and in fact across the range of cars, they often do not like to be shifted under partial load. You've got to be full throttle. So you've got to get the full throttle, shift quickly, and then back off quickly before the clutches take up. Again, it's, it's a, there's a real skill. I know that everybody thinks that just having paddle shift makes life a lot easier. Um, let's, uh, let's, that's us talking about this. What do we know? Let, let's ask a driver. Connor Daly is with uh, Jeremy. Yeah, the guy set the fastest time in this session by, uh, I believe, several, several seconds, hasn't he, Connor? Was that fun out there? Yeah, I mean, this track is so fun. I haven't been here since 2010, and I always remember it being some of the most fun racing ever here. I mean, Skip Barber, Pro Mazda, everything here was always the most fun. So it's awesome to be back. I mean, you know, not many people are running, so I, I don't think our time is, you know, necessarily super awesome. But, it, I mean, we are just out there, and thankfully we had clear track, which is, all, which is very important. So just some clear track and some good running to get some data. And, um, you know, again, as usual, this, this performance set car is, 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 you know, really nice to drive. Yeah, and uh, how are the track conditions? I mean, it's, it's pretty wet. Yeah, I mean, it, it is bad, I, but I, I mean, you sent me over to England to learn how to drive in these conditions, so it was, uh, it, it's fun for me. I mean, the only thing you just have to watch is just, is the exit of one, the exit of two, and, uh, and the 12 and 13 section is, is there's, there's standing water there on the exit, which can catch you out really quickly. These cars with a lot of torque, um, you know, get sideways pretty quickly. So uh, as long as you're just trying to be careful on power, you know, you can carry a lot of speed in. And, and some of the concrete patches, like at turn five, or the, the black asphalt pass, patches, um, actually have a lot of grip. And, and even the last corner, you know, you're on the dry line there, and it's got quite a lot of grip. So that also makes it interesting because each corner has a different level of grip. Yeah, and you, you don't have traction control in the PC cars, do you? Uh, no, that would be nice, though. <laughs> That'd be a lot more fun. Hey, let's just go back two weeks ago, Connor. Really unfortunate, that, that incident. Uh, you you had it got together with the, uh, the Audi. They're both leading your classes, ironically, when you got together. You had time to reflect on that. It, it, you know, there was no penalties or anything, no blame, assess. How do you look back on it now? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I've spoken to, uh, you know, I know our, our team owner spoke to Bo about it, and we've, we've spoken to, you know, multiple different people. I text Dion uh, Von Molke for a bit afterwards, and, um, yeah, I think there's there's both of us in the wrong. You know, there, there's a, is a racing situation that, um, in the end, you know, it was really just a shame for both teams, and, and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was unfortunate, but, you know, we've seen these things happen many times in racing, so um, it's uh, it's a fault of the game when you're trying to just push and, and, and keep the lead of your class, and it's very, very tight, small track, um, so, you know, all you can do is move forward, I mean, there's no sense dwelling on it, um, you know, you just try and learn from it as much as you can, and uh, and then obviously move on to here, and I'm, you know, I'm glad I can be back, and uh, and just kind of going for, going for the win again. Yeah, and, and really enjoying yourself in the sports car ranks. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's fun. It's just nice to be nice to have a, a job driving. So I like that. Good luck, Connor. Have a, have a fun weekend. Thanks. Always good to hear from Connor Daly. Very well-rounded young man. As I have to say, we are very much blessed in our ranks of sports car racing to have people and you guys, uh, both you and Jeremy Gregg, speak to them in. Often quite stressful situations when they're just about to get into or just getting out of a car. Sometimes it's been a good session, sometimes not so good. Uh, and yet, pretty much everybody up and down the pit lane uh, in IMSA competition has always got a word for you. Uh, it's a bit easier for me because I tend to say them when we're sitting having breakfast, lunch or dinner at, at Marion's or just a bit more relaxed when they're walking through the paddock. But amazing that these guys can be so objective yeah. about things isn't it well and i think some of it is is you just have to compartmentalize and i use that term a lot and i'll be honest with you it's not mine i got it from tommy kendall when i was in oats and trans am way back and we were talking about the fear factor in racing and he said if you can't compartmentalize that and put that over here and put open up this compartment which is sheer focus and drive you're never going to be that successful and so uh, that's something that when you get to be a pro at the level these guys operate at I think you've, you've, you've had to have mastered that. 
on the way up. Plus, you love what you do. You're driving a race car for a living, and uh, so you're just able to do it. And I think one of the reasons, good day especially, you understand, bad day when we go up to interview them and they just say, absolutely, let's chat. It's probably the last thing they want to do. But yes. I really believe these guys understand that it's not about me or them at the moment or Jeremy and that driver at the moment. It's about the fans mm. that are listening on IMSA Radio, if we're sending it over the PA, that are there at the track listening. That's what that interview is about, is uh, to give the fans a little insight and uh, a, little, uh, a little knowledge as to what's going on at that stage. And I think they all grasp that you know, rather firmly. And everybody has that one moment, that bad day, where I just can't talk right now. And you get that. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, uh, you're absolutely right. We have got some absolutely superb um, competitors in this championship that understand the value of uh, keeping the fans happy and keeping them in the know because they're the ones that pay their hard-earned money to come out and watch us, and that's why this whole grand circus, as it were, is able to continue. Let's uh, nip down to some more, some one of the teams that at least that uh, might not be so disappointed to say the rear. Uh, all-wheel drive in this weather is always a bit of a help. Uh, Pierre Klein-Eubing is uh, with the Compass 360 guy. Sadly, uh, his uh, Audi doesn't have it, but the Continental Tires S3s have. I'm wondering if he'd rather be in one of the S3s than the R8 at the moment, Jeremy. Yeah, I think he probably would be. Wrong series, Paul. You should be one of the uh, con Conti cars with four-wheel drive, shouldn't you? Yeah, it'd probably be a lot better. But, you know, it's kind of like um, first time in the car, not a lot of practice in the rain, and uh, so being very careful. They're learning as much as we can. Um, making huge strides on setup. Every time we change something, it seems to be like a couple seconds better, so we'll keep plugging along. Yeah, I mean, you've driven a lot in the rain, obviously, over the years, and, and probably here as well, but uh, it's not, it's it's pretty tricky out there. It is, and it changes quite a bit. You have a lot of grip in some parts of the track, then you go to the next corner, and you have nothing. So, uh, quite a few rivers, and uh, some a lot of seams on the asphalt that seems very treacherous, especially after the kink. You gotta shift in a weird spot just to avoid the seams, and uh, it puts you sideways sometimes in fifth gear, which is not fun. Uh, it's not fun at all. It's certainly great to see this Compass 360 team here move up in the GT lane. It's one of the guys who drives for the Conti team. Paul Holton is here watching in the pit lane, Paul. Uh, you, you fancy you go in the, in the Audi? Oh, I would absolutely love it at this point. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really encouraging to see all the improvement that both Ray and Pierre have made in the uh, past two races compared to some of these guys that have thousands of laps and miles in these GTD cars. Um, it's really a big hill to climb, um, and they're doing a really good job of it. Now, the Conti Series is a great stepping stone up into the Tudor United Sports Car Championship, but uh, how much are you looking forward to this weekend? You've got four-wheel drive in your car, haven't you? Well, I'm, I'm hoping they'll let us qualify in the rain. I would absolutely love it. Um, Not, apparently, I'm told, which is a shame, but... It is a shame. It'd be really, it'd be really cool. Um, I am looking... I don't think the weather says it's going to rain tomorrow, but if it, I would... I'm, everybody do a rain dance for us. Um, really Go home! <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, you know, how, how's the learning curve though been with that car this year? Brand new car this this season, made its debut at Sebring, missed the first race of the campaign with the, with this new Audi, but uh, you know, making good progress. It's 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 honestly the steepest learning curve I think I've ever seen out of a, a production-based race car because it's all, all the new electronics in race cars nowadays or in, in street cars nowadays all work against everything we try to do in a race car, and so just getting past that and understanding it's a whole new electronic system in that car, and understanding the programming and the CAN system and all this stuff, it's, it's really, really cool for me to watch and learn, but it's also very frustrating, especially to see our engineers sit there and be like, what's going on? We don't understand this. Um, and it, it, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a really great experience for me to, to develop as a driver. Are we, are we, are you're looking to move up into this championship in the future, yes? Absolutely. When? Uh, I'm sorry? When? How long do you see? What's the time frame do you, think, do you see? I, I think this, this car really, if, if we had our way and we got everything settled, if we, had, we could have a championship car next year. I don't think that will happen as quickly as, we, as I would like it to, or anybody really would. Um, I think it'll be a championship winning car for 2017 for sure. I think it'll be in the hunt. Cool. That's uh, Paul Holton here, one of the uh, Compass 360 drivers in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, trying to stay dry. And, you know, John, as always, there's always the qualifier. I said these drivers mm. always are thinking about the fans. Unless you have all-wheel drive, 
then to heck with the fans, you want rain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that simple. I, uh, I do hope they reverse position here and say let's qualify in, in the wet. we got fans we're talking about that have paid money to come out, and it would be fun to see uh, these road racing cars do what road racing cars do and get out there. So The worry will be that people do damage to cars and you then don't have them for the big show tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. Um, the, the issue will be if it's wet tomorrow and they haven't had any wet running and then we might have to find some time to squeeze in a little 15-minute damp practice session uh, for the other series. Not going to be an issue for the Tudor United Sports Car Championship. 19 out of 33 entries have been out on the circuit, so a little over half, and it's James French and Colin Brown who have the two best times uh, at the moment. A 27-1 for James French in the uh, 38 car. Uh, I think that was Connor that did that time uh, with Colin Brown on a, a 30.3. He's been in the pits for a, a wee while now. And fair play to Wolf Hensler in the Falcon Tyres Porsche, the 17 car. He's gone out there and put a third best time in of 2 minutes 30.669. Such a shame we're uh, losing that team from the championship next year. Bit of a spin for the 73, the dark, almost sort of graphite coloured 73 Porsche with the red and grey, very swoopy striping. And that's at the braking area for turn five as well. That's Patrick Lindsay who is at the wheel of that car. I remember when there wasn't quite as much room there, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> to be able to run straight on at five. And the gravel trap came right across the far side of it. Yeah, they've done a lot of work pro, you know, reprofiling done. some of this to be able to allow exactly that to happen, to get deep into five and have some runoff uh, and be able to get it corrected. And it uh, has already seen it like we saw with Kuno, now with Patrick. That is paying off. And uh, just paying attention to things like that on this track. Here's watching on our monitor here, getting a look. Ah, oh, just that right, right front corner completely locked up. And again, there's just that little bit of water that gathers right at the edge of the curb. Even though it's sloping, it still puddles just a smidge. I think he caught that, and away it went. And, uh, you know, this is interesting here. I think, you know, if we do have rain for the race itself, in the prototype challenge category, we know how good Connor Daly is in the rain. Yeah. Well, James French, this is home. This is a track that he has driven an immense amount of different machinery on and done it in all different kinds of weather. Uh, that could be the uh, the hot pairing here. Uh, I mean, they're good in the dry, so they, you know, with that knowledge, they could be pretty spectacular in the wet. And with Wolf Hensler in the 17 Falcon Tires car, hopefully the team might still be back. Uh, it's just that you know Falcon Tires is 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 moving out, but that Derek Walker led team, if the right funding comes along, and I I'm sure that uh, Brian Sellers and uh, Wolf would love to keep that program going and uh, and make it happen. Patrick Lindsay really having to fight that 73 Porsche as he comes through the last couple of corners right in the middle of the road as he turns in nice and early to the final corner going nowhere near the exit curbs and I think he's coming into the pit lane if I'm honest I think he's felt he's done enough I've had my turn now someone else could have a go and we've got a prototype challenge car off at the kink and the red flags have come out immediately and that is the 15 car, is it? 16 car that has turned around. There's only eight minutes left. And in the gloom there, let's see uh, who was... Uh, that car was being driven by Daniel Burkett. And he's the young man from Indianapolis sharing with Matt McMurray. Uh, uh, he's from Winnipeg, I'm being told by Jeremy. Not what it's, uh, That's where he must be living at the moment at Indianapolis, I guess. According to the entry list. Well, I think he's got away with just Oop. wiping the front end off. Yeah. Uh, Greg. Just lost it, uh, literally coming through the kink and got on the grass. And at that point, he's spinning and there's a huge amount of carbon fibre bodywork. Actually, he's done a bit more damage than I thought there because he's rattled down the guardrails pretty heavily on the driver's right-hand side of things. The biggest amount of damage is pulling the front cowling off. And we've already got one of the new Porsche 
Cayenne's out. That's the GTS that is out there. Brand new, 30 miles on the clock when they arrived on trailers earlier on in the week. I did try to steal away the keys earlier on, but I was I was beaten away forcibly by a man with a Porsche shirt on. He said, what, hind off us, give you a car? Are you mad? And the guys are already there. Daniel is uh, visor open and saying, can you push me back? I think I can get this to the pits. <laughs> I like his optimism. Yeah, absolutely. They're taking a good look at the front end of that car. I mean, it, he uh, was able to drive it a little bit. He here. was, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's dip down to Continental Tire Pit Lane reporter Jeremy Shaw. We were speculating about what uh, Derek Walker's team might be doing for next year. Derek uh, has got a bit more time in his hands uh, lately. Are we going to see them back? Yeah, well, yeah, they went behind, they went back to the trailer and uh, with Derek Walker now, and uh, you're, you're getting ready to go back out again there, Derek? Yeah, we're trying to get some laps, get a good setup just in case we need it, get a bit of testing with the wet. We've got some wet tyres here. The, we always had good ones, we're trying to improve it. Yeah, well, you know, at Watkins Glen, we had a wet race there, and you guys were saying, well, you weren't there, actually, were you, that week? You weren't there that weekend at Watkins Glen, were you? You escaped that weekend. Sorry? Were you, were you at Watkins Glen yourself? No. I no, quite. But the, 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 these guys were all saying, oh, you know, we're, we're not competitive in the rain anymore. That was the old tyres that were good. Uh, and, of course, you ended up winning the race, and here you are now fastest again. So is this new tyre, new wet weather tyres Well, now? You know, Falcon never stops developing its tyres, you know, um, wet's included so we're still trying to make it better you know that's one of the one of the advantages we have our wet tire is pretty good yeah it certainly is it's great to see it was a great win at watkins Glen. maybe it's well the fact that you weren't there i don't know yeah, i don't know how you did that but <laughs> it's quite unusual <laughs> but uh what, how, yeah, what, how, what do we know uh, anything more about next year yet the, the, the teams at the moment is uh, not going to be here next year but i know you're still working hard any more news on that front well, obviously, I'm biased. I think we've got a really good team. So the pressure's on me to find some new sponsorship to keep the team going. So that's my, uh, that's my mission. But uh, we're really trying to keep the gang together because we've been together five years now and had some good results. Why not keep it going? Yeah, quite a few of these guys have been with you a lot longer than that too, haven't they, of course? So uh, what's, uh, do, do we want to talk about... Uh, you, you were wearing half a dozen different hats this season up until well up until the end of this month uh, mm. i guess and now you're going to concentrate uh, on your on your team again yeah i had an initial agreement with indycar for two years and that came to an end and i you know you just look at where you go from here and i, I prefer to be self-employed and run my own team and have my own business so uh, it's back to the future i come back and uh, I love GT racing, so we're trying to stay in and keep going. Yeah, it's funny. We've got a new ske the schedule will be announced on Saturday, so we can talk to you about that on Sunday. Uh, I think you know, everything seems to be very positive and moving forward in, in this Junior United Sports Car Championship, Derek. Yeah, I mean, particularly in the GT class, I think it's, it's where the racing really is when you look at sports car racing, I think. And a good group of manufacturers are really going hard at it, so uh, we want to be part of that action. So hopefully we'll be there. Yeah, thanks for so actually, that's Derek Walker here, the, uh, the uh, team principal at Team Falcon Tire. Thank you, Jeremy. And uh, if you listen carefully, you can actually hear the rain falling on Jeremy's mic there. Uh, I really feel for you, uh, Jeremy. I think that's going to be it for the session, uh, if I'm honest. Although, in fairness, uh, Daniel Burkett has got the 16 prototype challenge car back. Greg and I just uh, looking at the accident... And uh, not sure whether he actually made big contact with the the Armco barriers, Greg. The front was pulled off that car, but it looked like almost it was pulled off when the car was going backwards on the green stuff. I think he, he, he may have caught an edge of the grass with uh, the lower end of that of that splitter, and it just hooked it. And, of course, with it, the rain we've been having, that grass is going to be very soft and sodden, and I think it just dug in, and I think you're right. It just peeled that front right off the car because... Uh, and the checkered flag comes out. They've looked at it, the track cleanup, because there was just a bunch of debris yeah. that's out there. No way to get it cleaned up in uh, the two minutes that we're running and get any kind of reasonable release for cars here. So wisely checkering the session so everybody can head back into their dry paddock area and commence to massage in the cars. Yes, and that also means that we can have Jeremy back and ring him out. Uh, so that we, <laughs> we, can, uh, we can get him perhaps, 
Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Shaw, just a quick thought about that session. You were out in it. That's pretty brutal out there. And the 19 guys that went out there have really sort of rolled the dice a little bit there, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And um, I don't know how much damage there is on that uh, that bar one car. I, was, I just saw it very briefly. Uh, Brian Alder, just a few minutes before that, actually, he was telling me that uh, Matt McMurray had been out in the early session and Daniel was just getting a few laps in the car as well. So I said, just make sure you bring it, bring it home safe. And about two minutes later, of course, it's in the wall. So I haven't had a chance to go back and see him. It's a, it's a little bit brighter now. I love your optimism, Jeremy. Was. Yes, uh, exactly. You've got to look on the bright side. It's certainly <laughs> a little bit brighter now than it was. It was really, it was almost like sort of dusk here earlier on. But uh, like I said, a little bit brighter, but still piddling down with rain. Jeremy Shaw, our Continental Tap Lane reporter, is now off to Marion's for a cup of coffee, if he's got any sense. He's going to be making himself a nice cup of tea. My thanks to Greg Kramer uh, here in the... Uh, actually, it was about, I think it's a bit warm in this booth, actually. I wonder if we can get the aircon turned up a bit. I'm almost going to have to put a sweater on. I'll stop talking now before Jeremy stabs me when he comes back. Uh, you've been listening to IMSA Radio. We're live at Rhodes, America, for our continued coverage of the Tudor United Sports Car Championship. Uh, Take a look at uh, www.radiolamont.com or imza.com for the full schedule uh, when we'll be back on the air uh, for more. But suffice to say, we've got uh, pretty much the whole of the Tudor Championship covered this weekend. Uh, and it's all here, live on IMSA Radio. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit radiolamont.com.